Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Evie Eurydice, and today's guest is Kendra Kunov. She joins us from San Francisco. She is a life coach uh, who practices uh, circling and uh, authentic living, and also the Beyond Boundaries practice. So, um, welcome to the show, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you. My understanding of the No Man Diet is basically a program that, you know, you've put together for women who feel uh, despair <laughs> or some sort of like existential loss of value without a, a life partner. And my understanding of Beyond Boundaries um, is that a, a, you know, a, a methodology to be able to integrate over and through the boundaries that our culture sets up to keep us separate and 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 you know apart when we're actually so interconnected with each other and with nature and the cycles of nature so that's my understanding but mm. of course, I would like to hear from you <laughs> about your work. Mm. Um, I do want to say that you were born in the Zen Center in San Francisco, mm. which is pretty unique, and um, spent the first, I think, seven years of your life there. Mm -hmm. So, mm. yes. Well, I, so I was actually born in the San Francisco Zen Center, um, but... I moved with my mother when I was six months old to a, the sister community, which is actually the monastery, which is in the middle of the Ventana wilderness. Mm. So um, it took me a long time to really realize people would ask, like, what was it like to be raised in a Buddhist community? And I realized that I actually think, you know, you, you named this piece of connection with nature um, that actually probably at least as big of an impact was that I was raised in wilderness. We had no electricity. Mm. Um, certainly it's this beautiful community, but you, you know, you have to travel an hour over a dirt road to come to where the community is. And, and there's a river. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up with it being dark at night and light in the daytime and kerosene lamps and no technology and, <laughs> And I lived that way even when we left the monastery until I was 11. Wow. So, um, well, I'm going to yes. interject for a second. It's yeah. We don't know. We just meet for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I, I was also, I was born on the island of Lesbos in Greece. Mm -hmm. And it was a similar situation when I was super young. So, like, my first memories of my mom are, like, you know, washing clothes in the rain outside, <laughs> hand washing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. and, and trying to, like, <laughs> find a, you know, a place to, like, hang them, you know, undercover. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And hearing from my grandmothers and my great-grandmother about what herbs, you know, are good for what ailment or if, you know, the, the crops were not doing well, like you say, this blessing... Um, mm. and when I, and I, and I ran away from home when I was 15, <laughs> um, cause I just wanted to get away from, you know, my dad and patriarchy and this, the role for women that was extremely limited there. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
as I hit puberty, right, my options like dramatically <laughs> shrunk. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the most different, like opposite place I can think of. And I came and I flew into LA, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, which to me was like the, you know, like the ultimate, uh, I guess, in, you know, industrial progress, Hollywood, right, freedom. And there you are. <laughs> and we seem to be similar age and you had a very similar upbringing right there in California, not far. <laughs> and I had no idea, which just goes to show how, you know, interconnected we are after all, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would never have I thought think, that, that, that that lifestyle was happening in California. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I just had a, a conversation actually with some friends of mine about how how many people have the story that they grew up not belonging oh. or that they didn't fit in. But then when we talk to the people around them, all the people around them also thought they don't belong and they don't fit in. And so what, but, but like, I might think like I grew up in this way, right. Uh, but the kids I went to school with had a lot of money. I grew up in a very wealthy area. And so I thought, I don't fit in. I'm different from them. But the more that I have these conversations, the more I realize, like, those girls also thought they didn't belong and they didn't fit in. Um, and and so I think that idea that we're, again, kind of like we're separate or we're the only ones having this experience is, is not as accurate as we think it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good message. Mm -hmm. And and it it does speak to the fact that therefore the culture is not made to, you know, to naturally like, you know, accept us as we are. So our discomfort must be with you know, the way that our our cultural reality defines us, you know, so that in our own way we all feel like we're outside and we have to make, you know, some sort of like, you know, compromise, compromise and, and change to, to, you know, to pass, right. To, to kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, appear assimilated. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's this question becomes assimilated to what, right? Because right. it's not yeah. actually the other, it's not actually the other people. I think there's some truth to what you're saying around the culture, um, as adults, you know, as children, it's more challenging. Uh, but as, as, as adults there, I think there is also this piece where we can wake up and say, Oh, I, I get to make the rules for me. And, um, I mean, you mentioned the authentic relating piece. And when I was teaching more pure authentic relating, I mean, I would end up in rooms of people where the most common thing that people said was, Oh, but you gave us permission. Huh. You know, we would lead some format and they, you know, and then at the end, they'd, it was almost an accusation. Sometimes they'd say, Oh, but you gave us permission. And I thought, Oh, but if everybody's saying that, what if we're all just walking around waiting for someone else to give us permission? Mm -hmm. And what is it actually to become the permission giver and not just 
for myself, right? Like I get to say for me and we make it again, very self oriented. But what if I become like walking permission for other people? What if the person next to me or like my coworker, right? We all think like, oh, well, I'm so weird. And, you know, my coworkers wouldn't accept me or they don't want to talk about this, that or the other. And what if I actually just said, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'd be so interested to talk about whatever, you know, what are your, what is your earliest experience of death? Right. And what if I say that? And maybe the person gives me a funny look and walks away and doesn't want to have that conversation. But maybe I just gave them permission to have a real conversation that they've also been dying to have. And so some, you know, what is it that we need to do in our lives so that we feel resourced enough to take a risk and be the permission giver that says like, oh, we're right. this, we're going to talk yeah. about we're going to talk about feelings here, you know, or we're going to talk about how beautiful the flowers are, or we're going to talk about death, or we're going to talk about sex, or we're going to talk, you know, like, hey, that's what happens around me. Like we have, and we don't have to say it's weird, right? We can just say like, oh, that's what happens around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I think what you're saying is, what if we all were each other's permission givers? Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And and sort of stop waiting, Mm. like, oh, I hope this person does something that makes me think I have permission to be myself. Right. What if I be the one that, that, that bees myself so fully that the people around me go, Oh, we have permission to do that here. Mm-hmm. Actually. Oh, we, we get to be who we are. Oh, mm-hmm. like what a gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And that's like embodiment or conscious embodiment or, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of embodiment. embodiment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think embodiment. Yes, it's the, it's actually what we do with our bodies. Like, yes, but it is, it's also what we don't just conceptually understand, but what we can live. Right. That's what, like, I what mean. can we? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it, it, it's not new, but it is it, somehow slips our attention as we focus mm-hmm. on you know, the, the hierarchy, again, you know, the, the cultural hierarchy, you know, in the world of like money and status and whatnot. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the ancient gods and the, you know, the, uh, punished humans for hubris and, and, for, and for, you know, taking on the role of gods with each other, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Christ was like, you know, whosoever, you know, feels that, you know, he can pick up the first stone because he's seen free, you know, or she, mm-hmm. right? So, but but somehow we fall into this trap of like, you know, um, blaming sinners, fellow sinners, let's say, for, for, for sinning differently. And I'm using Christian language here, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so... The, the word sin is n- not really, you know, our word in the 21st century, but mm-hmm. it could be any any fault or, you know, flaw or trespass or um, misnaming or disrespect, right, that we might mm-hmm. notice in the, in the other. Yeah. Well, and I think what you say is, is um, interesting, right, that sin differently um because when there is that permission i think then it becomes um like 
I mean, I think mostly that comes like to judge others for sinning differently. It just comes from a discomfort with my own self Mm. fundamentally, right? If I like, oh, whatever I think is weird about me, if I'm actually not defensive about it, like I get to be this weird, you know, but if I'm actually right with myself just like oh this is the being the being i am is really normal in these ways and really weird in these ways and really mundane in these ways and really esoteric and these like this is just the being that i am the more that other people being the beings that they are it doesn't really it doesn't do much to me you know it it means interesting but it's not offensive Right, it's not a comparative study, <laughs> right? Or yeah, 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 yeah. or a contest. Which it, I <laughs> like, mean, it's interesting. Like this the isn't bunch really of a red contest. <laughs> well, yeah, because this isn't really what. It's not exactly what the no man diet is about. But you you brought that up at the beginning, and I was just having a call with some of the women who are on my team for the no man diet today, and. Um, and one of the things that, that came that came through actually was that I was saying, oh, the reason they're on the team is because they're unique. They were sort of asking the question like, oh, was that too much me? Like not enough no man diet, whatever, you know, quote unquote, was that enough? And I, I said, oh, but that's why I hired you because there's the content of the no man diet, but then I'm just me. And then each of these women is themselves. And then there's the whole community of women going through the actual program. And what we really see is that there's infinite ways to be a woman, you know, and there's infinite desires that we have. And there's infinite, like subtle differences in the way we want relationship. And there's, and there's actually, there's these similarities where we go, oh my gosh, we're so much the same. But then right next to them are the ways we're different, but we go, Oh my God, you're so amazing like that. Like, I'm not like that, but I love that about you. And I want that. I want that model. I mean, I want that modeled for the world, but I absolutely want that modeled for the women in the no man diet. It's like, Hey, you're not here to become more like me. You know, you're here to become more like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you know, I, I'd love to hear more about it. To me, it sounds like a kind of like a divorce, <laughs> you know, from the narrative that we've been fed. So, you know, a symbolic divorce, almost like a, a an intellectual or a, an intellected, you know, uh, divorce from from that modeling that you know we were formed by when we were really young and impressionable um, and the and the expectations we may each have and as as you say they may be very different you know of a, of a of a happy like life as a couple mm-hmm. right well i mean i think what you're saying is really true at the at the deepest sunset and not even really intellectual i mean i would say part of the reason that I run the no man diet as a whole program um, is because the process actually is so much deeper than just don't be with a, you know, a partner, don't be dating or be with a man or seeking a partner for 12 weeks. It's like, it's all the processes that happen. And so it really becomes 
like you were saying, an embodied process. Um, like, oh, not just an idea that I don't need a man, but I suddenly feel in a place I've never, like I know in some place that I never knew before that I don't. But I also think like that it's, um, I mean, honestly, I think at least women in the United States or sort of quote unquote Western world, <laughs> we're fed two simultaneous narratives. Right, yes. And one is you need a man and the other is you don't need a man. Beautiful, yes. And they're both, they both, I hope I can, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> like either one of those on its own already fucks us. But put together, we like we're we're just fucked. We can't win. We're like, wait, I'm not allowed to need a man, and I need a man, and I don't want either, and I don't like I'm just trapped. And so the no man diet actually, we step out of it. we're not we're not ping ponging between I need a man, I don't need a man. I need a man. I don't need a man. We just step out completely. And I think in that space, again, it's like, oh, we find who who is who's this human being that's Kendra? Like, who is just this miraculous human being? And then, you know, we can choose to have relationships or not have relationships, but it's different. It's a different ballgame. Hmm. And what do you find or what, you know, what do the, the women who, who practice this, which is mm -hmm. a long time, you know, the cleanse, 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I mean, if, I, if they want, I'll just they interject for a moment <laughs> because well, they can definitely repeat it. Um, but I often so, so much of the time the women say, oh, this should be six months. Mm -hmm. And which is my my own no man diet mm -hmm. was six months. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, somewhere in the middle of the no man diet program, they're like, oh, my God, Kendra, this should be six months. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but you would not have signed like 12 weeks sounded like death when you were signing up, you thought you were going to die. And so we say 12 weeks because it's, you just, it's like a little death. <laughs> and then many, many of the women actually, you know, they take the invitation not to, to do the program again necessarily, but um, there's a whole process of at the completion in which they can extend their own process if they wish to do so. There's a whole process for completing or there's a process to extend if that's their wish. And you meet the first, 12 weeks, uh, the group meets how often? There's a new, like there's a new teaching every week. Mm. And then there's a virtual community, you know, to engage in ongoingly. And then I hold these live calls throughout that time to, you know, to work with the group and to answer questions. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, they, so they also have access to each other, to support each other if they feel. Oh, yeah, they... which is essential. So, I mean, I've been so I've been leading the No Man Diet for six years now, I think. And every year there's always women who say, like, I can't I, you know, I, it's not running right now. But what can't I just go through the program on my own? Like, I just want the content. I'll pay you. You know, I just want to just and I, I say every time I say no. Because what I see every time I run it is that it actually the community is essential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for holding for holding each other accountable. In, in it's accountable. Way. Yeah, yeah, and it's in and it's like I'm not alone. Right. Yeah. It's like so sometimes it's accountable. Like right. oh my god, I want to text my ex. Will somebody mm -hmm. talk me out of it? Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes it's just like, you know, my heart is hurting and I feel lost and I'm scared. And then there's other women who say, oh, my God, I feel just like that today, too. And suddenly their heart hurts a little bit less because they don't think they're the only one. Mm -hmm. Or like they slipped and, you know, kissed somebody or whatever, you know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, I mean, it seems based, you know, it's kind of like in the the outer bounds of um, AA or, you know, SAA or SLAA, Um, you know, kind of like a similar process, uh, even though one could not call this addiction because it's how we're we are, we're supposed to be <laughs> uh, right yeah. But yeah and I would say you know again like finding that place of commonality right I think um we can feel I mean I do talk about it like the addictive hit right there's this there's actually this sensation right that often comes from external like oh my god they looked at me oh I thank god I like I exist yeah, the like now I can make it's, it through the rest the, of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like so many, I'm sure, so many neurochemical yeah. effects, right, that come from And the that. truth is we do need each other, but how do we actually, how can we be in connection without running these habit patterns? Um, and I have never personally, enga- you know, like I don't know what the sex and love addicts are not, like I don't know what that what their content is, so I don't, you know, I can't speak to it personally But, um, but one of the things that I teach that I think is very different from sort of other pieces is really the, like the essential practice of pleasure to stay engaged in relationship with ourselves and in relationship with pleasure and in relationship with our feelings. Like to me, that's where we actually then can embody this as a lifelong practice. Yes, I see. Yeah, they they don't. Um, I mean, th- yeah, the the basic that basic program doesn't because it it comes from the place of like sex is the addiction, right? So you can't really mm-hmm. um, uh, do any any pleasurable or, or sexual practice at least for ex you know a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so kind of like what I'm hearing is that getting your self-worth or getting your sense of value from external sources, especially like, you know, romantically promising mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe, you know, caretaking and maybe like some, somehow like rescuing external right human mm-hmm. sources is what, you know, gets tweaked, right? gets reprogrammed mm-hmm. hopefully Ab- absolutely i mean i i consistently hear the women sometimes sometimes women know that they you know that they have that like seeking or sort of running in the background but most of the time women are like i don't know maybe i think about men or maybe and then they're actually when they step into the program they really create their own container their own guidelines and their and why why would why would i do this at all and then at some point that I always hear like, oh, my God, Kendra, I had no idea how much of my energy and attention was actually leaking out in this in this way towards other people or towards seeking or in the hopes of or the 
Um, and these are successful women. These are high functioning women. Um, these are women who, who are attractive, who have, you know, like have good relationships, but have these maybe chronic patterns. And then they just, they're like, I had no idea how much of my life force was actually spent in this kind of, you know, outward seeking space. Right. And yeah, and then it just gets to be, you know, again, it's kind of like these cliche things that we we know intellectually, like self love or (laughs) self care, and it becomes actually embodied. You know, again, I have women say all the time, like, oh, I actually think I know what people mean by self love. And I don't know if I ever knew what that meant before. Yeah. 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 And I think integration which is, you know, also boundaries. You know, integration is a big part of this because, um, you know, we live, I think that, you know, in patriarchy, I think that that our culture is still patriarchy even though, um, you know, our our laws and our medicine (laughs) are not (laughs) anymore, but our, our sense of meaning and our language and our patterns remain and pretty much uh, you know, unchanged. So yeah, I think that in, in patriarchy, we have this kind of like learned split, you know, as you learn like language and identity and identification, um, you have like your sense of who you are, which is in your head based on what who you're told you are, you know, your name, your ancestry, what's expected from you, right? Your your race identity, your national identity, your religious identity, and what all that tribal. And then, and that identity, like, doesn't really integrate with your body mm-hmm. enough. And it gets further and further removed. So by the time we become sexual beings, right? Like, we get to our procreative years, you know, we start puberty and we, and our body changes, like we don't even really feel that that's us per se. So I think mm. a, a relationship begins, which is like between, you know, user and used. You know, uh, like our our identity, our sense of self, tends to uh, use our our physical being, which mm. is really you know the core of our being but nevertheless tends to kind of like use and take advantage of our, our physical be- being and almost make it like a, a marionette right or a or a, mm-hmm. or a puppet mm-hmm. to gain things in in life mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and so it becomes ha- harder and harder to really know what our body is saying or mm. where we're at mm-hmm. because we're thinking oh you know i'm using my my body to get, I'm not just, you know, the attention from men, but Mm -hmm. approval in the world at large, you know, Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. work, you know, uh, money, Mm -hmm. uh, success, I mean, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, right? So a lot Mm -hmm. of our living becomes performative and, Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to end it because that's now the pattern. It's so many patterns. Like I, I I know Mm -hmm. it even in myself that if I leave my consciousness I will catch myself doing like the, you know, whatever the, you know, the, when, when I'm interested in someone, I can, I know that I'm going to begin to do this, um, mm, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, girl mm-hmm. thing or, mm-hmm. you know, 
self-objectification, I call it, but, you know, it's a performance. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and how you get these parts to self-harmonize, right? Mm -hmm. to, to sink. Yes. To sink. Yeah. That's a big challenge. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a worthy challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a warrior challenge, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. What I love about what you said is the way you talked about it, like an integration, you know, or syncing up. Because so often what I hear is then people want to take like the the body and have the now the body or intuition or inner wisdom, whatever we want to call this, our heart, our, and then we want that now to dominate our, the other part, the thought part or the, and, um, and I think that just creates another schism where we go, Oh no, now it's the wisdom of our body is the most important. And it is, but where does our brain live? Like <laughs> yeah. people say all the time, they said, Oh, I've got to get out of my head and into my body. And I'm like, I hope your head is part of your body <laughs> because if it's not, we're like really in a, you know, this is a whole other <laughs> ball game. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is actually a big part of the work that I do is this idea. Like it, what is, what is it actually just to be whole where we have our thoughts and we have our feelings and we have our emotions and we have our sensations and we have our consciousness and we have our spirit and we have our energetic and it's, and it is just like you said, it's like, can they be just in communication and in sync with each other? Not a one part is better or should always be in charge, no matter what part that is. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that a lot, you know, I mean, um, again, I, <laughs> you know, Definitely not a criticism. So, but I see yeah. it. Let's say in myself, um, you know, the inconsistency, right? You know, yeah. You have a moment, <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, that was that was a, a hypocritical moment, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> and it could be anything, but noticing that, yeah, you, uh, you know, that's something that you say or think or judge. Oh, and especially desire, yeah, <laughs> desire, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is the last one. <laughs> Just sneak it in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the desire is the last one to to get in. Yeah, in sync. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your laugh is so wonderful. <laughs> I'm really like tickled. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. this reminds me of like years ago. So I, I, I don't know if that's not an excuse, but <laughs> I was younger. But, you know, I, I made an appointment to have my, my, um, my breasts, uh, and, enhanced. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it's just, you know, and I put a down payment, right? So with a down payment now, I have already committed like $1,500 to it. So now mm. it's not just 
you know, it, it, I have invested in this. Mm-hmm. And everything that I believed in as a, as a feminist, you know, as a thinker, but also as a, as a, as a natural, you know, uh, natural person, mm-hmm. uh, in the, a member of the natural community, you know, as a vegan, as a yogi, everything was mm-hmm. telling me, what? Like, mm. this is, that was, you know, it was just a, you had a moment. Uh, it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I tried to figure out, you know, I tried to just get to the bottom of what, you know, made me want to do this. And it was just like, it was just like this raw, naked desire. It was, you know, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't... Um, something that I could explain, you know, justify, right, intellectually mm-hmm. or, um, or, or spiritually or morally, you know, or, mm-hmm. or economically <laughs> for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I wasn't a stripper or whatever. I couldn't come up with, with any mm-hmm. justification, but, but I, I could tell that I just kind of like wanted that, you know, and I don't even know what the name is for that. I didn't do it. <laughs> mm. I didn't do it. Uh, um, but I did kind of like get to take off all the, you know, a bunch of, of the veils and realize mm-hmm. that the last one was just that kind of like, mm, uh, it felt like an instinctive desire, but it, it's not instinct. It's something epigenetic, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're talking and I just hear the words like, I just want it. <laughs> yeah. I just want it. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's interesting because I think there are different, maybe different kinds of desire. But there's, that is some thread, right? Like, I just want it. And again, what I think is so beautiful about your story, and I see... Sometimes I see people can't really do this, right? They can't take off the veils and they'll, they'll make up justifications in order to not have to see, like, I just want it. Um, or, or some other truths, like, I mean, what I, what I really see is so most of the time, all of us have many, many things that are true at the same time. I believe in natural things. I, uh, I have, I have a, I have some believe, I have, I believe other women's bodies are beautiful as they age. <laughs> I don't like my breath. I don't like the way my breasts look, right? Like, like they might all be true at the same. I think I should, another, another truth could be, I think I should like the way my breasts look and I don't. And I think, you know, like, like they're just sort of all true and the capacity to just to not make any of them like the story of it true, but to tell the truth, like all of this actually is, if I just describe what's going on, it's all, this is all true happening inside me at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, we always have Eventually, you know, again and again and again, we make choices. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. the no man diet is a, a great example of that. That's you know a huge mm-hmm. choice. So we do make choices, and whatever that you know, super ego or super consciousness or greater consciousness or you know is you know whoever it is that makes those choices, 
Um, mm-hmm. Has to to pick one of these truths above the rest. I, I would say that's true. It is true when we make a choice, and I actually think it's really important because people don't like limitation. So people like this idea: I always have all the options, right? And I'm not limited by all. I want. I just want to be less and less limited. But it is true. We make a choice, and actually, that does shift things. And it can create limitation, which I I think is good um, if we do it on purpose. But also, even in your story, you know, there were there were all these steps. You had to like think about it, and then you had to find a doctor, and then you had to make the first appointment, and then you had to put the down payment, and then you changed your mind, or you just made a different decision. You didn't go to the final. Yeah, I didn't go. I just until even that night, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, and I so if so I, I think wake like up we and do go. make decisions. <laughs> yeah. And the truth is, like, you could have changed your, you could have then chosen a new doctor, or you could have, there's, there's, there are always choices. Right. And we do, or like people choose the no man diet. And we actually spend, um, we spend like the first three weeks, each woman creating her own container. So rather than the idea that you step into the no man diet, and then I just tell you what to do. Like I, I, I mean, I teach about it and I give some very strong encouragement and I say, this is what I think works best. And, but, but each woman has to come to like, this is why I'm doing this. And so given the purpose for me, this is what is inside my container. This is what's outside my container. And this is what is like gray area, you know, or I don't know, this feels, and, and then to make decisions about gray area, right? But then what that becomes, the way I like to think about it is like, if that's like a fence line around, uh, let's just say like really cute baby lambs, right? You get a little, little baby sheep, right? They're always like, woo. And, and the fence is partly to keep the baby sheep from wandering off. And it's partly to keep the coyotes from eating the sheep. And it's part, you know, like it's partly so the mamas can find the babies and there's all these reasons for the, for the fence, but the lambs are going to like jump around and they're going to woo, like bounce into the, bounce into the fence. And it's not a problem if we hit the, like the barrier of our container, we go, Oh, right. Oh, right. That's there for a reason. Right. And it's another opportunity to choose back in. And like you said earlier, you know, maybe they jump over the fence. And then we're like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> now on the outside, it's exhilarating, but also terrifying. And what have I done And this? And, and then what is it? Oh, do we do we then run off and pretend like I'm just going to pretend like I was never within that container and freedom is better? Or do I want to on purpose jump back into the fence or do I need to ask for help because I can't jump that high or, you know, there's there's so many choice points along the way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the pleasure of self-control is also, you know, it could also become extreme. I mean, anything can mm-hmm. can be done beyond beyond Absolutely. balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, which again is one of the reasons I think community is so important because 
we most of us have a tendency to either overindulge or like over restrict. Mm. And we just go, we go between the two. Mm. We over restrict until we like hit. And then we're like, I deserve a treat. <laughs> and then we <laughs> indulge <laughs> rather than, rather than what you're talking about. Again, this like more conscious, like, like, okay, for a, an actual reason on purpose, chosen consciously, I'm going to walk this path for a period of time mm-hmm. to find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. And to and to and to be aware of when we mm-hmm. fall into over restriction mm-hmm. or we want to fall into overindulgence and go like, OK, and again, for a period of time. It's the same with food, right? I mean, some people go the rest of their lives without ever eating sugar again. But most of us, it's sort of like, oh, I would like for a period of time, I would like to set aside, you know, a subset of food just to feel what my body feels like if I set that aside just for a, for a period of time. It's an experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not so frightening or off-putting or like final. Or rigid, you know, right. yeah, final. It's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things we should probably never touch again if we, like, I don't know, heroin. We should, like, let's just never do heroin. <laughs> but, um, but even, even, yeah. Even candy canes, right? Like mm-hmm. every, it's like it, like mm-hmm. it has a has a tie. It's like okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but I think the you know kind of like committing to things that we know are good for our balance. You know, again and again. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. by having done it a number of times, mm. it's just uh, it makes it more normal. <laughs> and that's just you know mm-hmm. such a silly word normal is like a statistical term but statistically it makes mm-hmm. it more likely to do mm-hmm. that again you know like with my yeah. with my breast story as we're speaking mm-hmm. you know I'm, it's just occurring to me um i mean i had chosen i had fired my my obstetrician right i had chosen to go to a, 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 a doula and a midwife, mm-hmm. right, and give birth in a jacuzzi, and I had mm-hmm. chosen to breastfeed way over and above, like you know, the necessary minimum. Um, and of course, it changed my breast for forever. You know, yeah. <laughs> like what? And yeah, and it was a, 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 a shocking change because it was like, wait, they were like young, and then they were like engorged, and then it's like yeah. they're gone wait yeah. you know, so it was just like yeah. all happening the change of the body was very like where yeah <laughs> everything else was the same <laughs> but you know i had yeah. only been breastfeeding from the breast like i was not breastfeeding from the knee or the knee would have had that change right but like totally, we're yeah. not taught that like we're not um it's not something that's just uh, clear and obvious to us anymore because we have this option yeah well, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's almost like where the options can kind of mess us up. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you could have the options to have your breasts again, rather than, oh, can we, what if, and this goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, what if right here, we made um, like a a prayer, you know, or sort of a commitment, a devotion, and we're like, I'm going, you know, even when I don't like my breasts, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to like worship them Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and through that, and I, and I'm going to do this for every woman that I meet. Like I'm now going to be the person that gives permission in the world, maybe not out loud, depending on who the people are. (laughs) Right. But I'm going to be the person who, who's like, Oh, actually I worship what your breasts have done. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that, that I even worship the way they look because it's a sign of, of your life. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I'm not only going to worship the, the little like 15 year old cute perky that's that I can worship that. And I can also worship my 44 year old nurse, two children, mm-hmm. you know, like a little mm-hmm. bit flatter, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I, cause I worship actually every stage that mm-hmm. the breast mm-hmm. has. Right. Um, and then to, and then, and then, like we said, also, I mean, this is in some ways so specific, but we just, do just generalize it out? Right. Is like, then that becomes a choice. You know, every time I see my breasts, I have to make the choice again, right? Like Mm -hmm. I choose a devotion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and am I, but am I going to embody it? Am Mm -hmm. I going to embody it today when I look in the mirror? And am I going to embody it when I take my shirt off for my lover Mm-hmm. And am I going to embody it? You know, like, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and how today? Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and it can, I mean, honestly, like I, I just start grinning when I think about this. Like sometimes people feel daunted because it's like, oh my God, like forever I got to do this. And I'm like, oh my God, forever we get to do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if only we well, lived forever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I mean, I actually don't want to live forever, but you know, like, oh, oh, I get to, you know, I get to do this for hopefully it is much longer. Let's let's say another 40 years, you know, another 40 years to worship my breast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, for for me, you know, I, I, I definitely felt that, okay, I have to honor my previous choices. Otherwise, I am undoing so much, you know, kind of like, Again, this is, uh, I don't know the right word, but, you know, so much agency and and Mm -hmm. hard work, it would have been easier to do things, you know, differently, (laughs) more medically. And so, you know, um, and that's partly what I mean by staying with, you know, staying with like a conscious choice, uh, you know, motivates you to like, try and make that same, you know, conscious choice again, because it's not easy, you know, so taking the leap to do this two weeks, it's not easy. Yes. Well, and what, you know, what I think is really beautiful about that is, um, is another thing that I hear from women. And it happens in other ways too, but certainly in the no man diet is that sometimes it's the first time they've kept an agreement to themselves. And I think about how often, you know, like, how do we want other people to show up for us, right? We would like them to keep their word to us, Mm -hmm. or we'd like them to renegotiate at the very Mm -hmm. least, like, Mm -hmm. let us know. And, Mm -hmm. and how often we don't do that to ourselves. And then we have an excuse of like, oh, but I deserved it. Or I, I don't know, we just have all these justifications for why we don't keep our word to ourselves. And, and so it's, again, it's, it has multiple sides. One is it is important to think about the decision, like the agreements we're going to make with ourselves Mm -hmm. rather than just, Oh, I should, right. I Mm -hmm. should make this agreement. I should do this because then we we have a hard time keeping it. Mm -hmm. But if we really take time and go, this is why, 
there's some wise part of me that says this is a valuable and important commitment to make to myself. Mm -hmm. And then what is it to show up for myself Mm -hmm. every day for 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and keep an agreement and then be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, that's right. I keep my Mm -hmm. word to myself. Mm -hmm. And then go out in the world, which is, which is the challenge and the warrior. I mean, uh, you know, from my point of view, you know, because like I, you know, you, I mean, you're a Buddhist, but you know, I, I always used to say, well, you know, how convenient for the Buddha that he, you know, had yeah. a, a oh, wife and a left all his kids right. at home, right? Left, oh, yeah. Well, right. of course, I could Servants. meditate in a cave too. Right. You know? I could <laughs> go under the banyan tree. <laughs> Who's taking yeah. care of all this stuff? I would love a stuff? little space to fit under the. <laughs> Who's cleaning up? Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. Yes. So yeah, doing this, not in a monastery, but actually where you have Mm -hmm. to go out in the world and, Mm -hmm. you know, get rest and, and receive like all the different energies and looks and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just much, you know, it's much uh, harder. And I think that therefore it's a, it's a stronger, like a more lasting lesson, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it tells us, I mean, I think that, you know, if, if, if we do, if we, if we succeed, and the more we succeed in, with challenges mm-hmm. like this, you know, we overcome this thought that, well, this is, you know, this is how I'm made. You know, I was born yeah. this way, you know, like <laughs> to quote Lady Gaga. What, what you know, yes. these excuses of like, well, this is how I've always been. And yes. yeah, like, who's I? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it's very, it's very true. And I, I mean, I I would say even the capacity to keep a commit, like to, to make an agreement with ourselves. I mean, I work with, with women in this in other containers as well as like, what if you just commit to something for one lunar cycle? And what if it's even, what if it's the wrong practice? Who cares? Like, just make a different decision after that, right? But we get into this, like, is it right? Is it wrong? Who am I? Am I, is this me? Is this not me? You know, and we're just like, oh, I think, I think maybe I'll feel better if I drink seven glasses of water a day. Okay, one lunar cycle. Just do it. And then at the end, you go like, that sucked. I don't ever (laughs) want to do that again. And you go, okay, great. Like, this is fine. You don't ever have to do it again. Or you... You know, all the different things you just go like, that's okay. But, but we can, we, we can, we can find out who actually is this being, mm. you know, for willing to just stick with something. Mm. And it doesn't really matter so much if it's like right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think like, you know, natural and unnatural are better definitions, you know, than right and wrong. But even so, mm-hmm. like, do we really know what's natural? You know, like. Totally. It, we've been. It's, it's pretty complicated. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I think we can start to feel. But again, we often can't feel unless we're willing to um, stick with something. And I don't mean. You know, don't, if somebody's like hitting you, don't stay in an abusive relationship. Just like, well, I wonder if this is actually in line, right? There, there are extremes, but there's also this finding out what is actually in alignment. And like, I mean, you were talking about it with the body. 
But we all go through so many transformations in our lives that even, you know, what was in alignment for me when I was 30 is different than what's in alignment. So to be curious enough about ourselves to go, I think, I think maybe something, you know, there's something important about like learning a musical instrument right now. Okay, I'll do that for, for a lunar cycle. And then I can be like, oh, that was the wrong instrument. But I, but, but I found, but maybe now I'm guided more towards what is in alignment by having stuck with something long enough to find out, is it just hard? Do I just not wanna? Is it, is it as an instrument that's similar, but you know, in a different variety or like, but, but we can, then we start to feel like aligned, right? What's actually in resonance with my being versus like natural, unnatural, right, wrong, good, bad, like, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. what will resonate with your being and what will resonate with my being is probably slightly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I mean, as, as, especially as a writer, it's just uh, fascinating how easy it is to put my body in a, to know when my body is in alignment, right? Just, yes. you know, I, I can have like a treatment, <laughs> basically, you yeah. know, someone's hands and I just, whoa, I know it. It's so obvious. I'm in alignment, yeah. right? I stand differently. I feel I'm wide open. You know, everything's coursing, like all these energies are in perfect balance. It, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it doesn't last, but you know it. Um, yeah. But in, in, you know, mentally or intellectually, um, when words and meanings come in, you know, with all of their biases, cultural mm-hmm. biases, it's just so much harder to know, mm-hmm. to just know that, you know, I am in alignment with all that I am. Yeah. So when, when the, yeah. yeah, when the consciousness, the conscious mind, I mean, comes in, mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. it harder. What, what do you think? I mean, my guess, so my guess is that you've spent time cultivating the awareness of the alignment of your, your body. And so you have much more, uh, like closer to the surface or much more like immediately just you're like, Oh, I, 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 I know that feeling. And, and maybe whether it's you or it's like other people, it's like, have we spent that time sort of practicing in ways that to feel, you know, what's the hum of resonance or what's the, so that when it's like something falls in when I go, Oh, like, yes, that has the hum. But I would, the other thing that I would say is that um, it often requires slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everything. And, uh, and so down. like information comes in much faster at the more kind of intellectual or, you know, verbal or image, you know, like, like we often take in a lot of information very, very fast. And, and so then we're trying to ask our being to process faster, you know, like, faster than than is than it wants to but even one of those just like oh let me take a moment i'm not quite sure i understood or and then we you know we have one full breath and then we're like oh actually i know i know i like this i know i don't like this i know i want to do this i know i don't want to do this i or or you know i need to sleep on that like i know i want to sleep on that that's what we can feel 
it's like aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean more on the on the thought process or the you know the the you know the intellectual level. So, for example. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying, you know, kind of not, mm -hmm. not going with your first response, for sure, you know, meditating, like having meditation time daily and uh, not giving in, to, not being triggered. I mean, all of that, I understand, but that's more mm -hmm. kind of like on the interpersonal, everyday level. Um, mm -hmm. But for example, you know, what do I think about cryptocurrency? <laughs> How do I know when actually my opinion about, mm -hmm. you know, crypto or about reproductive rights or about, um, you know, uh, RNA vaccines or whatever it could be, <laughs> mm -hmm. totally, uh, the yeah. war in Ukraine, right? How, yeah. like, am I in a place of self-alignment when yeah. I have this, um, this, this, you know, it's it's very much a, an intellectual process, and I find that that part of us is, for me anyway, is is yeah. is you know more challenging to kind of like ready readily integrate, you know, and and be yeah. and be sure. Yeah, I do have a couple thoughts. I tell you my thoughts. Um, for me, the one, one part is that, that, that what you ended on, which is, and be sure. And so the willingness to not be sure helps me find, uh, like what I feel, but I don't have to know if it's correct or not correct. Like exact it's just there's something around the sureness that that helps to just be like it, it, something around that um and again for me well there's two things i would say one is when i'm confused it usually means that there are some things that are that are like aligned and some things that aren't or some things that I'm a yes and some things that I'm a no. And so if I can start to tease apart what, rather than this whole, right, let's, I mean, like war in Ukraine is a great example. Like that's like huge. Oh, well, I'm a no to war. Um, you know, and some of it I just don't know. Or the, But there might be these threads. Like we can't say in our being sort of yes or no to something that big. Because we know that there's threads that are complex. Um, and then there's other things. I, I mean, I'm just we don't have to, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because I have nothing to back it up with. But there's things like crypto. I, like I just the first, I heard about, I was like, I don't like it. I just don't like it. <laughs> and I have no data to back it up. And then I heard a podcast that gave all these good reasons. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that someone else did that because I'm never going to go like, figure that all out. I don't even understand half the words they said. I just hear about something and I'm like, mm, something about this. I don't like it. Hmm. And, but I think sometimes we can get caught in, but I don't have any reason to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And other people I know and like feel differently and they seem to know more than I do. 
So maybe I'm, you know, like, and I'm just like, I don't care. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's, you're going to have listeners That's who great. are like, I was yeah. totally with her. And now she's like, <laughs> everything she said is bullshit. You know? Like, well, you know, know, actually speaking of, of that, I, I did like record an episode on crypto early on. And yeah. um, I'm still ambivalent whether or not that was the right call. Um, but it was maybe two years ago. So had I posted it, uh, people might have made a lot of money off of it. Um, you know, it was this guy uh, from Holland and he had quit his job, actually from San Francisco, quit his job <laughs> and just made money uh, investing, you know, daily in crypto. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of like analyzed how and why and all of that right and mm -hmm. there is a there is a contagious kind of like um you know almost like prophesying evangelical element to it right like a cult totally. um yes i decided that i should not post it because i didn't want to be responsible for uh, you know anyone like you know, self-harming financially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because of me. So yeah, there, there, I guess I had a similar instinct uh, or feeling, uh, you know, I mean, I had the, justif my justification was, I, you know, I didn't want to promote something that I couldn't be sure about uh, or, or felt mm -hmm. clear about. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I, I have posted now like two or three episodes about the war in Ukraine, for instance, you know, because I do feel mm -hmm. that I am a pacifist no matter what. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, this reminds me of, um, I, I I took a workshop with Eckhart Tolle, oh, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, right? It was the power mm -hmm. of now, like when the book mm -hmm. had just come out or something. <laughs> So it was mm -hmm. a long time ago, um, and it was a weekend. Um, and I remember him saying that, uh, you know, we have to accept what is, you know, and live in the now and not mm -hmm. like project what we're going to do next and not mm -hmm. kind of like decide according to what hasn't happened yet, uh, right? Mm -hmm. or, or predetermine our responses and, and whatnot. Um, and so, of course, he's German. And, uh, you know, when he was taking questions, my question that came to me was, well, uh, so if I, if, if, if we were all like Jews, you know, in, in Nazi Germany, we should then go to the, to the camps willingly. Um, that's basically what you're saying. Um, and he did. You know, he did not give really an answer. You know, he was like, oh, you know, there mm -hmm. are exceptions, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, not a real answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that that is kind of like a, a central question for me since then. You know, how do I like stand up for what I think mm -hmm. matters in the world and how do I, uh, you know, affect social change mm -hmm. um, if I, if I, don't know, you know, if I if I can somehow be sure enough, <laughs> you know, within you know, mm -hmm. within the limitations of of that assumption, uh, that that one way, you know, is is the right way, and it's it's worth mm -hmm. uh, fighting for and and advocating for, and you know, stand, mm -hmm. standing up for. So that that's where like this kind of more cultural or intellectual based alignment 
um, mm-hmm. you know, bec- becomes necessary, is needed, and mm-hmm. and that's what I you know I find harder to like confirm. Like with the body, it's so mm-hmm. easy to confirm, and with yeah, yeah, and with heart and spirit, it's pretty easy too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I do think connected to what you're saying is like, there's a, there's something about mind and ideas. And, uh, that is, it's like malleable. It's, it's more like air. It feels like, Oh, I could be over here or like smoke. It's more like smoke. You know, I could be over here. Like, Oh no, wait, I'm over here. And I just changed shape. And so I know that there are people who can argue against like gun restrictions in the United States and they have all the data to back them up and they're making a really good case. And I think they're wrong. More from just like, again, it's more of like a gut. I'm just like, actually, I just know that if we had fewer guns, we would have fewer children die from guns. And I actually, I don't know if I don't actually care what your are like, like those numbers or these ways that you can use words. I know that they can be used any, like any way. Mm-hmm. And so it's really tricky because I do think that our minds and our brains and our intellect mm-hmm. are so important, right? They, they are part of the body. They are part of the being. They are part of our human. And there is something about like, I also just know that you can say a word three different ways connected to three different images or something, you know, and, and suddenly they mean three different things and, and none of them are true. And so, so there's, there is something tricky there that uh, I, I don't have an answer to like exactly what you're saying, you know, but just that awareness of, I mean, I guess in some way it's the awareness of the limitations of different parts of ourselves. And it's like, I think that's one of the limitations of the the mind, the intellect, the, the words, language. And, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I love the inquiry basically, like how do I do what's correct for me? How do I, you know, like in terms of social justice or social change or, caring for humanity at a deeper level than just me getting what I want in life and knowing that we can always be wrong. Yeah. Like I'm going to take, I'm going to make this the best stand that I can make mm-hmm. and I'm going to pay, I'm going to do my best to pay enough attention mm-hmm. that if it really seems like I'm wrong, that mm-hmm. I can change my stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do live in a, in a time in an era where I think it's extremely obvious how, you know, like words can be used for, you know, opposite purposes. You know, the, I mean, yeah. you know, we yeah. lived through like two administrations, basically. <laughs> for example, you know, in politics, yeah. it's very obvious. You know, like uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, Dr. Cornel West, like, will will say the yeah. same things, but you know, they they may want to uh, enact that in different ways but they can use you know yeah. the exact same points and, and arguments so yeah. yeah it is something that we can uh, like what you're saying the quality of air it, it feels yeah. very ac- accurate and true and yeah. we um 
and being conscious of that, I think, is is you know is useful. Yeah. And helpful. Yeah. You can hear my dog. She's 16. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's like, it's time to go out. It's she, time to no, go out. No, there is no rhyme or reason. <laughs> I think she's just imagining <laughs> something. <laughs> I, yeah. I, she, she like spends, uh, you know, months not not saying making a sound and then she has this moment. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize. Um, another thing that I wanted to to hear you speak on is uh, the difference between dualities, polarities, and pluralities, mm. Uh, mm. which I find, you know, really fascinating mm-hmm. and useful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it also, again, this just sort of having an awareness, I think is so valuable and and being willing to just ask the question, right? Like, is this a polarity or is there a plurality? Um, And there are things, I mean, we can just say like light and dark or, but there's things that I think we've made into, uh, we we talk about them, like they're polarities that I'm like, I, I don't know that sun and moon are actually, they're just different. Mm-hmm. So I think also there is this way that, that human beings like maybe have a desire to polarize, like, or some, in, there's some inclination mm. towards polarizing mm. and, and to be able to kind of like hold that there are things and go like, yes, these are, these are, but I had a teacher say to me one time too, I was talking about, um, I was talking about masculine, feminine, and I was like, I don't know, I was having some sort of, uh, but this and but that. And he looked at me and he was like, Kendra, it's the same fucking magnet. Mm. <laughs> like he was sort of That's like, beautiful. at what point does the negative turn into, you know, like, like there actually is a positive end and there is a negative end and it will have certain impact on reality because of that. But at some point, it's the same magnet. So mm-hmm. just being able to be aware of, of again, the multiple truths in that. and yeah, But then something yeah. like sun and moon, can we just be curious enough to go, like, what is the energy of sun? Like, what does it feel like? And what is it? What's my response? And what is the energy of moon? And they don't, they don't have to be polarities to just be curious about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have things like you know, myocilium, right? Like, like the, you know, and I'm like, that, that's just plurality, right? Like this is another element of the world and life is, is something that is wildly of plurality and interconnected nature, you know, that is also true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all a magnet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, you I teach sometimes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I teach sometimes in the realm of like masculine, feminine, or, or these mm-hmm. things because they, there's, there's a value there. But I think what's challenging for me is I do think that sometimes it, it makes people sloppy, and they'll just say things like, "Well, I just want him to be more masculine," and I'm like, "Okay, if I said that, it would mean something different than if you said that." which means something different than if she says that or if he says that 
And so what are you actually wanting? Mm. What is the, what is the feeling? Like, what is it, what do you want this person to do with their feet or with their breath or with their eyes or with their spine or with their consciousness or with their mind? Like, what do you actually want to have happen that you're just kind of getting lazy and calling be more masculine Mm -hmm. or to ourselves, right? We get lazy. Like, I was just, I just wish I could be more feminine. Like, well, what, (laughs) like what, why? Yeah. And then there's something in there. Oh, would you like to be more receptive in your heart, right? Oh, there's probably real value in that. So it's not that there's not actually value in the specificity. It's that we we sort of gloss over that. Yeah. 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 And that's why you're saying, you know, slow down, like slow down to allow time for all of these details. Yeah. And I think it's vulnerable. It's more vulnerable to say like, oh, would you, you know, would you hold my gaze and breathe into your belly than it is to say, I need you to be more masculine. It's it's like, oh, there's something I actually am wanting. And so it's more vulnerable in the space of human connection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And vor- vulnerable is powerful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as yeah. As it turns out, <laughs> as it turns out, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Kendra. This was, mm. um, you know, magical. You're a wise woman. Oh, thank you. And I was really. It was such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, for me too. A pleasure and an honor. Thank you for coming on the show mm. and uh, sharing with us. And everyone out there, this is Kendra Kunov. I'm Eve Eurydicing. And until next week, keep speaking Mm. sex. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.